Hey everybody, I'm Daryl Scott. And I'm Gabe Casey. Welcome to the automotive podcast that's traveled by train, plane, and automobile in recent weeks. On this episode of Throwing Wrenches Podcast... What's it like to travel by Tesla across Great Britain? Can Daryl fit another classic in his stable? Need a cranial implant? Elon Musk has one you can test drive. All that and more coming up on Throwing Wrenches. Yeah, thanks for listening, and if you'd like to join the fun of the show, of course, you can always email us at info at throwingwrenches.com. I'll get it right one of these days. And of course, it would break Eric's heart if you didn't leave us a review on iTunes or Apple Podcasts and uh, share your love of this program with everyone around the world. Gabe, I want to just say a quick thank you for being on the show here and uh, longtime co-host of the show. It's been a while. A couple months. I appreciate it. Always fun. Thanks for having me back. You bet. You bet. And a uh, quick note, too. We'll just get this out of the way at the beginning. The Stall family, you can follow them at planetstall.com. They are doing a great Western road trip across these United States, and we hope that they're having a great time there with the family. You can uh, follow their adventures on Instagram, again, at planetstall uh, or planetstall.com. We are thinking of all of them. And, you know, who wouldn't want to be riding in a really cool RV and seeing things like Devil's Tower in Wyoming? Oh, yeah. That Mercedes is legit, and I've been keeping track of the pictures, and I'm a little jealous. Yeah. Although Eric gets up way too early in the morning for me. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. Yeah, the uh, the 6 a.m. wake-up call. Maybe. You might. I always <laughs> like what people decide to stop and eat at, like the restaurants. Like they had some place like, called Ollie's or Ollie's in Nebraska, and they're like... Uh, P.S. By the way, we thought the food would be better. Uh, so that's always a good, like, diners, drive-ins, and dives. Always good to follow their recommendations of places to go and places to avoid. Yeah, hopefully they're better than my family. One vacation we took, we tried to stop at, I think, every nation's Perkins. Because at least you know what you're going to get, Daryl. So Pretty standard. Yeah, why not go to 13 states and 15 Perkins? <laughs> yeah. Well, if you uh, don't know about Daryl and myself, we should just jump right into that. Uh, if you don't know my co-host, uh, let me tell you about him. He's a daft punter who just ventured across the pond. He's no 007, but he can pull off a mean Sean Connery. He's a vision all the way from Europe. He's Daryl Scott. Oh, why, thank you. Thank you. Uh, I, I do a Sean Connery impression, but I... I I might not do it justice right oh, now. Oh, no, no. I meant you look like him with the beard and the oh, hair and everything. Yeah. Yeah. Smashing. Of course. Um, <laughs> for those who don't know my co-host, in some countries, they call large plots of land with a home an estate. Well, that's exactly what my co-host is building with his latest garage and workshop expansion, an estate. And that also is fitting since his new hobby is estate sales. He's the baron of bargains, the lord of the limited time offers. He's Mr. Gabe Casey. Oh, thank you. See, I gave I, you a title. I, Mr. It is You've the got, Lord of Limited Time Offers. <laughs> nobility. Yeah. In what country? I don't, I don't know. Somewhere. I did see possibly. <laughs> <laughs> I did see possibly the best name of a restaurant over when, when Sarah and I were in the UK. Uh -huh. and it was called Baron of Beef. And I'm like, that's uh -huh. a great name for a restaurant, but I kind of want that as a title. Isn't that just like Beef Eater, the alcohol? 
Uh, yeah, which or like the palace guards or whatever. Yeah, 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 nice. Good stuff, good stuff. We'd also like to give a quick shout out to our longest sponsor of the show since day numero uno. Uh, a quick thank you to Fort's Toyota of Pekin. They can be found at toyota-pekin.com. They're on beautiful Radio City Drive in North Pekin, 15 minutes from anywhere. New, used, service, whatever you need, they got your Toyota covered. They also have some used cars. They've got a really nice yellow C7 Corvette on the lot. Yeah. Maybe there's somebody who just hasn't found their summer ride yet, but they got a really nice, I think it's like a 2008 Corvette. Maybe take a look at it. I I shouldn't take a look. Somebody listening should take a look. (laughs) I have enough cars. (laughs) The proverbial you. Yes. Okay. Because Corvettes are, I almost bought a Corvette about a decade ago because they have good resale value. They do. And they can get really good gas mileage in interstate. You might not think that. So you have a cool, fun car that you're, you know, not going to lose much money on, get good gas mileage. As long as you only need to transfer two people, you're good to go. Yeah, yeah. Check them out. Uh, Toyota-Pekin.com. And, of course, you know, they sell Toyotas, too. Uh, I did have a newer, what is it, the GR Corolla, the the hot hatch. Oh, really? Yeah, I had a a bright blue one, like that electric blue they have. Uh, Let's just say got up and boogied on 474 on the way over (laughs) here. And I'm like, what is that? Oh, it's one of those. I haven't seen one yet. Was it? Like, did it sparkle in real life? Did, was yeah. it like a halo from the sky? Like, did the clouds part and it's like the one GR Corolla <laughs> in the whole county? It is pretty slick. I don't know what the availability of that is. Hopefully, zero. Coming. It's actually yeah. zero. It had, uh, I mean, nice stance to it. And yeah. I did a double take for a minute because it was all it had blacked out emblems and stuff. I think those things are pushing 300, around 300, just over 300 horse. Yeah. Out of a little, uh, like, two liter. Things you'd never expect from a Corolla. <laughs> no. Like, did you ever think, like, I was checking out a Corolla? No. Like- <laughs> no, but, I, of course, I, I've seen some uh, some numbers. I'm like, you know what? For a daily, that'd be a fun little yeah, pocket they, rocket. Yeah, they pump. They pump. It reminds me of the uh, when Mazda did the Speed Series. They oh, had yeah. The Speed 3 and the Speed 6, I believe. Mm-hmm. That Speed 3 was a bargain back in the day. But the problem was... It wasn't a Toyota, so you didn't quite get the reliability and everything else with it. Yeah, so. yeah, unfortunately. But, uh, yeah, do check them out. They're good uh, good friends of ours, and we appreciate their support. Also, thank you to our Patreon supporters and our iTunes Premium supporters. Uh, your support helps keep us motivated. We actually did do uh, a fun pre-show where we talked about, yeah, go figure, movies again. And of not, course not that long. We did not talk that long no, about movies. No. We mainly just made fun of some actors. We talked about the Hot Tub Time Machine movie. No, I said never again. Yeah, which is <laughs> terrible, terrible. But uh, yeah, definitely check that out. And if you're considering becoming an iTunes uh, premium supporter, that's uh, that's a nice little way to uh, show some support. And, and really, it's pretty affordable too. So anyways. Every day is a great day to make a good decision. That's true. So start today. That's true. Speaking of great decisions, you and I are both adding to our... Let's just say our project itineraries, which yes. it could be good, it could be horrible, but I think I think we've made some pretty good decisions so far. You are winning the race when it comes to setting up a future home for your projects. I am, I would like to think, but yeah. just because there's progress doesn't mean that anything's ever going to be completed <laughs> as we know, right? So, and and I, I won't shame you, but how long have you been working on the Cadillac? Uh, it's been a year and four three months so and not horrible and i got my 27 chrysler before you got the cadillac yeah and that's also not on the road i mean so just because we start on things and things get going i don't have full faith and credit like the united states government that they're going to get done but it's but, an opportunity yes right opportunity so, uh, for success so what are you working on here on the home front because when i pulled up i saw some stuff staked out i saw some trenches i saw some 
I saw some progress in a way that I'd never seen around here before. I'm talking like earth-moving equipment did yeah. some damage. What's yeah, going on Yeah, it's like here? World War One. We have trenches now. <laughs> it's trench warfare. <laughs> I'm going to get some water balloons, get the kids in there later. No, so last year we started uh, planning out a garage expansion because we really love the home. We really love the town. You know, great neighborhood, good school district, pretty much everything we could want in a property. And when I had my, like, my house requirements back in the day that I had, I was like, I have to have a three-car garage. Like, I yeah. can't do it with a two-car garage. Sure. Daryl, how much room does a three-car garage get you? The first year, you feel like you're like a king. You're like, I've got so much room. This is great. And then you realize that you have space and you can put more stuff in it. Yeah. And then it just becomes like your two-car garage, overcrowded, full of stuff, and there's no room to walk. Yeah, I'm lucky if I can get two cars in my three car garage because I also add, I have kids on top of it where I've got like oh, yeah. kids toys and bicycles, big wheels, yeah, yeah. sports equipment. So uh, no, so we made my wife and I made the uh, the lovely decision. Um, thank goodness for for lovely Rachel as well, of course, to do a gigantic garage addition and a uh, there'll be potentially some indoor space above it down the road if we ever get it finished. You say gigantic. I mean, obviously this is uh, this is audio, so you can't do like a visual PowerPoint slide deck. Yeah. But you you decided to go deep with it because you're you're in a residential area. You got a three car garage. The, the third stall is kind of like kind of tacked onto the side of the house. Yeah, right? it's like isolated. Yeah. So your mo is to go kind of deeper in, into the backyard area and kind of build it out that way. Right. So they're actually, they're demoing most of the third stall mm. and then building out from there. And we're going, we have, we have a good width uh, lot. So they're going to the side about 13 feet. I think that's a good stall width, right? Yeah. How absolutely. wide is a garage stall? I don't even know. Like a two car is usually what? 24. So about 20. 12, 12 foot. Yeah. So I'm, I'm a little bit more than one extra stall on the side, which I figured, you know, Good if you put in cabinetry. We're gonna go. We're gonna go a little further, but then the houses would look like they're so close together. So I got a little pushback on that. So we're gonna go out, and then we're gonna go back another like two, two and a half stalls. So I'm gonna turn something like two hundred something foot third stall into around, I think, rough estimate around fourteen hundred square foot. So that's a great size garage if, if i don't instantly <laughs> fill it with garbage yes <laughs> you won't but here's the thing what that'll allow you guys to do is free up some utility room space right yeah you're gonna move um you're gonna have like a little bonus room like a like i hate to use the word man cave but it is like a bonus room you could use to i don't know chill out and have some phones are you talking about the garage or above it above it above it the long term is i want to put in a theater room um, where kids can play games and do theater and get all my technology out of the basement. I don't like hanging out in the basement. We can record here. Oh, there you go. Uh, for now, but and then I also want to do just a bedroom and a bathroom. But the bedroom I'll just set up as like uh, gaming and studio and recording and, sure. and all the other stuff because it'll be nice up there, isolated from the rest of the house. Everybody can go to bed. You know, they can make noise. The dog can bark, which you may hear if you listen to the pre-show. <laughs> <laughs> so that's. But again, that would be quite long term because nothing we can't we can't afford to have anything finished out i'm literally just buying a floor in the shell so it's going to be like the exterior and the studs and that's it that's fine though because yeah. wh where else are you going to be able to do something of that nature you're going to be getting workshop space yeah more storage for you know the daily drivers for the winter and you know here in the midwest that's important you want to have shelter you want to have 
you know, uh, if the, the kids need to get into a car and go to school in the morning, like you're not scraping ice off the windshield. It's the worst. Yeah. yeah. I've scraped plenty of ice in my day. And it's sad when I already have a three car garage and we're parking two cars or more <laughs> in the driveway on a regular basis. So hopefully the neighborhood will, will appreciate it too. Yeah. So no, that's, that's going to be awesome. What are some of your goals as far as like how you want to outfit the space? Uh, I, I mean, I know everybody... When you start talking, oh, I'm building this big garage. Oh, I'm going to have a lift. I'm going to have this. Like, realistically, what are your thoughts as to kind of how you want to lay the space out? I don't have the ceiling height for a lift. Yeah. Um, I might just get one of those floor lifts to give you a couple feet, um, mm-hmm. which would be nice for, you know, just doing all the tires and things like that at one time, having sure. a little more stability to work on a car. Um, yeah. But no, I just, I think I'll have some storage space. I'll have some hangout space and some shop space. Um, probably just drywalling most of it. I thought about maybe doing some tin on the walls and, and a portion of it, maybe doing it in like different segments. Cause as we both know, hanging and finishing drywall is a lot of fun. <laughs> and why wouldn't I want to do it down 58 feet of wall sure. and ceiling? That sounds amazing. No. <laughs> for, for those who, uh, who don't know, Gabe actually did help get my wife and I started with hanging drywall in uh, in our house and getting ceilings because I hate that. And I have one of those drywall lifts. Yeah. I've got one of those, you know, ceiling. And that makes life easy, but it still stinks, right? Yeah. It's still not a fun job. So uh, if you need to borrow that, let me know. If you oh, need, I'm going to need it. If so you need you some. better get on your basement so I can well, get that over here. <laughs> I know. I need to finish that, that one. You've got seven weeks. Okay. They, they claim about eight weeks, so we're now a week in, and I don't know if it's a true week, but we'll, we'll see what see. happens. Yeah. Well, I wish you guys luck. That is going to be amazing. So not only do you have the Garage Mahal project, or what are you what are you calling it? Your fortress of Gabatude? I mean, I did. I was just spitballing <laughs> on the dock, and it's like, well, what would Superman have? Well, he doesn't have any cars, so no, he sh- he should. He just lifted cars up, yeah. like in that movie or the cartoon. I thought about Caratude, but I was like, yeah, whatever. Just I put like my name in there. I like fortress <laughs> of Gabatude. Um, you also have a couple new bike projects, which uh, you're a BMW motorcycle aficionado. You got I a am couple. now. Yeah. Within the last like year, yeah. <laughs> before you, that I never had. You've one. got a really nice, probably I dare dare I say, and I've seen a couple in museum collections and stuff like that. You have probably the world's nicest fifty-five R fifty BMW motorcycle that I've ever seen. Well, thank you, and it's got to be up there. I don't know if it's the nicest, but it, I did nice. really appreciate when you were like, "Hey, Gabe, look at this R fifty in this museum in England. Yours is nicer," and I yeah. thought do I not drive my end anymore? Like, can I even like, do I have to put it up for, you know, for future generations? Cause it's just, it's going downhill, right? It's beautiful, but it's, it's also one of those things that sees the light of day. So you actually, you ride it, you enjoy it, you take good care of it, but then you tuck it in at night and, yeah. you know, read it bedtime stories, but you also have what a 71 for right now. So, okay. so, here, let's let's throw back. So Daryl and I were recently at Jake Irish's uh, Memorial Day cookout, which if you haven't gotten invited to that before, you need to start sucking up to Jake Irish or his wife, Amber. Get because, an invite. Yeah, it is a lovely time. Yeah. They have amazing burgers. You can have some mini Coronas. They make your hands look huge like you're a giant. <laughs> it was a good time. Um, and we had some extra new faces there this year, and that was nice. But uh, last year when we were there, that's when Daryl and I plotted to buy the 71 BMW with a sidecar. Was it there? It was there. I pinged the guy while we were there. We found it on Facebook Marketplace. We oh, talked about it the whole yeah. time. And then like two days later, Daryl and I went up and bought this car or this bike. Yeah. yeah. But the problem is, is that that was over a year ago right now. We planned it, right? So coming up on a year when I bought it, I still don't have a title. Oof. And there's, at this point, mm. I think about a 0% chance I get one. 
Okay. So I'm going to, and I've asked the guy for money back in the past, basically like, Hey, by this date, give me a title or give me my money back and you can come get the bike or give me this much and I'll keep it for parts. Cause I can't legally title it. Right. Yeah. And I tooted around town here and there, but I'm just waiting to get pulled over and to see if the cop buys, well, Hey, the guy never gave me the title and I'm waiting and I, you, you got to run stuff too. You can't let it sit for a year yeah, and everything true. else. So that might actually be going coming up. But I do have the 71 BMW right now, which is one of the reasons that I bought. <laughs> so I went to an auction in uh, Two Rivers, Wisconsin. And this uh, this older gentleman passed away, rest his heart. Uh, his name was Zell White. I never met Mr. White, but he uh, had multiple properties and over 100 motorcycles and over 20 cars they sold at this auction. Wow. And uh, I was up there for the preview and local people were coming in. They're like, I didn't know Zell had all this stuff. And you're like, yeah, he had it all over and they consolidated it all um, into this one building. So I had my eyes on a bunch of things. I went up there with my dad. We took a giant enclosed trailer on his dually, uh, made a little night of it. Um, it's kind of pretty up there on the bay. And then the auction prices were insane. Really? It, it got out of hand? Like, you know me, I like a deal. Yeah. I, I'm not going to pay retail for most stuff, like sure. almost anything. Um, and they had all these ladies that were managing like five different websites. They had phone in bids. It just, it was way too much. I've, I've never seen anything like it. So I had my eye on like a bunch of stuff going in and then most of it just washed away. Mm. But I did manage to bid on uh, one thing I'd planned on bidding on, which was a 1986 Ural, um, which is basically a BMW knockoff from Russia. Um, and then it had the sidecar on it and it only had 88 kilometers on it. So, so really untouched kind of nice preserved original in a lot of ways. Yeah. I mean, it's been yeah. sitting, so it's had some deterioration. It needed tires right away and some other stuff I've noticed needs cleaned up, but the sidecar was immaculate. Yeah. Um, and it didn't cost a whole lot of money. So I thought I'm going to get this and I want to see if the kids like it more than the BMW. And also I know the BMW might be going away. And I want to keep a motorcycle with a sidecar for the kids because I can't take them on my 55. It's a solo seat. Um, I want to be able to, you know, have fun with my kids. That's part of my hobby. It's yeah. not just about me. It's about the family. Absolutely. I give you a lot of credit for that because it is, you know, it's one thing that, uh, and I was lucky enough, my dad growing up, the old car hobby was something that he was into, but also because the family could take road trips in it. We could go out get ice cream or we could take an overnight trip to South Bend or something like that. Like it was just one of those things that was accessible to everybody in the family. And the more you get the kids hooked, then... Then you have a little buddy, you know, maybe Roman or maybe Harper in a couple of years, be like, "Hey, I, I'm really into this too." And then you have a partner uh, that you can you can do stuff with. Yeah, and then I can talk mom into buying more. <laughs> right. Oh, this is uh, this is for the kids. Yeah, it's it's for Harper. She's nine now. <laughs> no, but honestly, they do love it. Like th their faces light up when I pick them up in the sidecar, you know, from sure. school and stuff. Like, ooh, ee, you know, it's it's fun because what kid gets to ride home from school in a sidecar on occasion? Only you know? the Casey kids. Literally in town, only the Casey kids. Yeah. <laughs> So maybe your city's different, but um, I've been online on RussianGarage.com, like trying to make a shopping list. <laughs> Russian and, Garage. And wondering if I'm going to get put on an FBI hit list. Because <laughs> Oh, you're already on a list, my friend. Don't worry about it. You're on the list. They just put a check after your name. Should we tell that story? What? Have you ever heard my FBI car story, Daryl? <laughs> no. Okay. Let's, let's pump the brakes for a okay. minute. Okay. All right. All let's right. talk about this. You're seriously... Yeah. So okay. I'm, in, I'm in college. I'm going to ISU at the time. And uh, I eBay bid on a uh, Firebird or Trans Am. I can't remember which one it was. And I didn't win the bid, but then I got like second. And then the guy like pinged me later. He's like, hey, do you want to still buy this? But it looked shady, so I didn't buy it. Mm. 
And then like a couple weeks later, I'm at school, like I'm doing late night school one night there and I get a call and it's literally the FBI. And the, the what? yeah, the creepy thing is, is that the date at that time was nine 11 that they were calling me on. And I was like, the FBI is calling me on September 11th. Like, yeah. this is really weird. And it was after obviously September 11th, five or so years. And so the guy, the guy calls, he's like, I'm with the FBI. Like, please go Google me, look me up. You can find me on the FBI webpage and then give me a call back. Here's my number. Cause they don't want to just be like, Hey, I'm with the FBI and blah, blah, blah. Yeah. Yeah. Legit, this guy that I bid on this car with is like suspected in killing people off the coast of Florida on this boat and all this other stuff. And they're like tracking his phone records. And I had like a call with them about this car, about this train sale. (laughs) And the FBI legit called me while I was in college. It was so weird. So the bottom line, okay, I I have so many (laughs) questions right now. Did he actually have a car? I think he had the car, but I don't know. It was just like one of the, he happened to be a killer who also was selling some stuff. Potentially. Or maybe I was the next victim. Maybe I bring the cash for the car and he gets <laughs> his getaway money. Out. So I, uh, my bad feeling in my stomach paid off. Yeah. Um, be careful on eBay. There is a lot. <laughs> there is something to be said for that, right? Things that your parents always said, like something doesn't feel right, you know, tell an adult. And then when you're an adult, you're like, well, who do I tell now? Right? Like <laughs> just something isn't right. Right. And you just walk away and just abandon it. That's scary isn't that crazy i can't believe that's never come up before no i never yeah. heard that yeah good times huh but anyways uh this wasn't like that this wasn't an fbi bike <laughs> but it it'll be good they'll be fun what's the website russiangarage.com russiangarage.com yeah so they have actual old euro parts from russia and they'll ship them here um i didn't get the tires there because the shipping on that was a lot and then yeah. i've got to put together the list but i'm going to get like oil filters maybe a carb rebuild kit the carb rebuild kit's like 30 bucks for both carbs Cheap. So I just felt like maybe I'd get it. But with 88 kilometers on it, I don't know if we could clean it or if it really needs seals. But for sitting, who knows? Yeah, I mean, that's one of the worst things that can happen is just stuff to sit. Um, but the, the good news is usually it's just all the uh, the seals, any kind of uh, you know rubber, paper, cork. Yeah. Uh, you just go through that and put it back as you found it. And usually you're in pretty good shape. Yeah. So, oh, congratulations. That's that's going to be a fun ride. I really like that. Uh, the Ural, I've never seen. I, I've seen a couple uh, in town, like riding around, um, newer ones. The f- thing that I noticed the most is that it's so overbuilt, beefy, heavy. Like, just moving that thing around, it is, it's a tank. Yeah, it's a metal sidecar. Yeah. So the BMW has a fiberglass sidecar, much lighter. Yeah, way easier to uh, to maneuver, so... Might be fun to ride. Yeah. So the current project list, let's count. We have a 27 Chrysler I got to fix. Nope. We have a 66 Coney I need to fix. Uh-huh. Mini truck. Um, now the Ural and the Moto Guzzi. And the Moto Guzzi. So four projects? Yeah. Yeah. That's uh, that's that's a healthy number. Mm, but I feel like... actually not healthy. <laughs> <laughs> I feel like, like two of those are probably close to running. Yes. And driving pretty yeah. quick. Yeah. The Chrysler and the Guzzi are pretty close. Yeah. Yeah. The other two, it's like, meh. Yeah. Yeah. You'll how, are, how are you doing on the projects list, Daryl? Like, how many do you have in the stable there? <sighs> Jeez. Um, well, if we, have to, if we have to throw numbers around, I, I, I'm still... The 55 Cadillac Fleetwood is still not operational at this point, at okay. this juncture. It needs a, a little bit more work. Uh, What's it need? Let's knock it out. Well, the fuel system and the brake system. That's really about it. You don't need fuel and brakes. <laughs> <laughs> One, maybe not so much, but no, we'll, we'll get there. Um, I've got all the pieces. I just need to put, put the motor back together, put the uh, cooling system back in, and then just 
um, finished going through the brakes and uh, fuel dropped the tank. The tank. Here's the other thing too. The tank's got some old, nasty, varnished gas in it, and I'm at the point where I'm like, I, I really just need to get rid of it. And thankfully, Lens Oil Service here in Peoria will take used fuel. Really? Yeah. Huh. Uh, I don't know what they do with it. I mean, maybe they turn it into. Don't you just have like a little dip next to your house? I do. <laughs> I do have a ravine. <laughs> yeah. But there's a there's something about the you know you get calls from the FBI. I don't want to get calls from the EPA. Oh, uh, you're not commercial. They're not so testing that. Yeah, they're probably fine. If your neighbors don't turn green, you'll be all right. <laughs> <laughs> I might kill some weeds with it, but no, I'll dispose of it properly. Okay. But um, no, I just I need to go through that fuel tank and pump and go through the carb and all that. Originally, I thought I would have the thing running for a July parade that our club is involved with in this West year? Peoria. Yeah, and my wife reminded me. She's like, "That's what we talked about. Like that was the goal to get it running for that parade because that's where the car came from." You told the the mayor of West Peoria that where we bought the car from, we actually bought it from the city. You told the mayor that. Told the mayor at some point, like I would be back and and have it in the parade. He's like, "Oh, I'd love to see that." Blah blah blah. And well, I didn't tell him when. So oh, whatever, okay. it's fine. It's been so it could be in like ten years. You'd be like, "Hey, look, mayor," and he's like, "I'm not even the mayor anymore." Yeah, Where are he's, you? Uh, who are you? He'll be the mayor forever. But uh, <laughs> now, so we'll get there. But so that's my one project, and I I don't want to deviate from you know the attention that that deserves. So you haven't. You've just been diligent, and all the garage project time you've spent has been on the caddy, right? No, that's not correct. <laughs> Actually, what happened was shortly before my wife and I ventured across the pond for our uk adventure uh on may 6th i'll just say I'll, I'll shorten this up and i'll just say we were um lucky enough to have the opportunity to acquire another vehicle that needed a little bit of tlc and that happened to be from uh, our our good friend uh, mr mike fort who owned a a very nice original 1970 plymouth fury 3 convertible and uh, amongst all the others in his collection, this is one that we've talked about for, for many years. And, uh, we, you know, I, I was interested in it. Uh, just didn't really, the stars didn't align. And also, didn't, meaning you never had room for it and space. always had a project? <laughs> Pretty much. And then when I freed myself up, I'm like, oh, I got another project. So, um, but the stars did align finally. And they aligned about two days before we, we left the country. Yeah. I like to consider ourselves as like a foster home, you know, for cars that like need to be brought up to that next level, you know, need a little care. And um, um, that's what we're doing with this one. So this is a Fury 3. It was built here in Illinois, December 3rd of 1969 in the Belvedere Assembly Plant, which uh, just actually got closed here this year. Sand pebble beige with a dark green vinyl interior. It's an interesting combo. Weird color combo. Yeah. Weird. Um, but again, if you look at the era, you know, uh, Earth Tones, early 70s, you know, kind of like uh, the Brady Bunch family. I'm sure they had those kind of colors in their house. But uh, this is a really neat car, 318, two-barrel, uh, 904 automatic. So kind of a, you know, your your basic mid-size V8, nothing fancy. Uh, you can get all the way up to like a 383 or a 440 in there. But the 318 was the responsible choice. <laughs> uh, it's got factory air conditioning, AM radio, the light decor package. It's got some nice options on it. And? And? It's a convertible. It's a convertible. Yeah. One I mean, of 1900 made. It's a pretty rare car. Yeah. It's the last full-size uh, convertible that Plymouth ever made. And uh, really just, a, I think, a very special car. So my wife and I are honored to uh, to be the caregivers of this thing. 
you know, Gabe, thank you for coming over. I think that first night or second night, whenever it was. I just came over to hang out and, and yeah. you know, whatever else. So you're welcome. <laughs> it was cool because uh, you actually uh, hooked up. We got the pressure washer going, got uh, some, some crud blasted off of that thing, got the interior cleaned up. Yeah, Sarah was scrubbing hard. She yeah. was like, I don't want to deal with this. And she just goes to town. She did some good work. She did. Yeah. She's used to it. So she's... Uh, highly recommend the Amazon Basics Enzyme Cleaner that you can get on Amazon. It's like twenty-five bucks a gallon. It'll take care of mold, weird stuff, <laughs> interior stains. <laughs> It'll take care of whatever, uh, and that did a really good job. So, um, bottom line where that sits today is I've almost got the thing running. Um, it's been sitting for quite a, quite a good many years. Uh, needs the fuel system gone through, obviously. Um, went through the ignition, cleaned up uh, the points, actually replaced the points because that didn't work. Coil, voltage regulator, battery, you know, all that other fun stuff. And I got a fuel pump I'm going to throw in it. And I think I'm going to have the thing running once I clean the tank out. I think that will be running by July. So that's the real question. What deserves to run first? I think the Plymouth because the, the, <laughs> the Fury actually, and my wife's on my case. She's <laughs> like, why are you starting something else? You did not need to do that. Um, but I didn't want to just let it sit. I think this is closer to running and being drivable than the Cadillac, unfortunately. Yeah. And, uh, you can still go into O'Reilly's and get a fuel pump for a 70 Fury with 318. You can, (laughs) you can. Is that difficult to do? Uh, this, in this case, the one in Peoria Heights had one in stock. It was 37 bucks. There you go. The fuel pump for the Cadillac. If I were to get a rebuilt one, it's about $300. Jeez. Mm -hmm. Wow. Or I could rebuild the original myself and take, we'll figure it out. Yeah. (laughs) So it's just one of those things. Like I'm looking forward to the summer, but also it, it's, it's cool to have a convertible again, something that it is. And you're going to make me miss mine. So if I'll help you get it running, maybe I can steal it every once in a while. Let's take the kids out. We can motivate each other. Yeah, we can. Well, because you got a cool roadster too, so we'll get there. But that's what I got going on project-wise. I wish I had a cool garage build, but you know, I can live vicariously through you. Well, it's here's fine. what I think. I think I get this done, <clears throat> and you finish your two projects, and I finish my four. Yeah. So you know, give us a couple months, like three, four months. Yeah, six <clears throat> years. Yeah, exactly. Don't worry about it. Roman will be out of college, <laughs> and uh, <laughs> but like. We should pick up some cool cars or get some other donations and like make them nice and find them nice new homes. Like, I would be fine with that. Like a rehoming service. Yeah. But the problem is, is Daryl is, is the classic like dog foster parent where they fall in love with the dog and then the dog never gets rehomed. Yeah, but the because <laughs> you said you're fostering this fury, but yeah. that thing's not going anywhere. No, people. it's don't not. don't don't no. take that that way. Not at all. <laughs> the funny thing about that though too is like it always starts with good intentions. But those are also the same people that get like animal control called on them because they have like 58 dogs. So instead of know? 58 dogs, you can be like, sir, you have 37 cars parked on this property. You, you got to go. You can't take care of all of them. They're leaking oil. They're suffering. You're like, I love them. I love them so much. And then, yeah, the end result is me getting thrown into a van, getting taken to some sort of other place. Um, anyways, I look forward to, uh, to your garage updates, my friend. Yeah, Real. so we don't have it on the dock. I think you neglected it a little too much. I did. Um, we cut a lot of news because Daryl went on an epic venture. Like, we had a lot of projects. I haven't been on the show in a while. And then Derek went on his – or, I'm sorry, Daryl went on his trip. So Derek is Daryl and Eric together. Yeah, that's and our – I, I suffer with that a little that's sometimes. That's our combination. Yeah. No, that's fine. Like, if you were dating, 
you know? If we were, yeah. Like you were we a Hollywood were... couple, you'd be Derek. Derek. <laughs> <laughs> Actually, it is a good combination. Yeah. Uh, we probably would level each other out. Yeah. Uh, but no, you went to, to Great Britain and you at least saw a lot of amazing car stuff. And maybe we could touch on a little bit of that instead of some local and, and national news. Yeah. So, so my wife and I went over to visit her brother and uh, his husband. They both live over in uh, the UK and the Cambridge area. And we actually, um, Sarah's been over before. I'd never been outside the country because I'm never, no. never outside the country. I mean, Canada, but that you really didn't is... go to Canada to smoke weed in the eighties. No, no. <laughs> I, I, my aunt and uncle uh, uh, and family and stuff lived up in Canada. Uh, actually, my aunt still does uh, cousins, but that's like back in the day where you didn't need a, a passport. You could yeah. just like, hey, I'm going to Canada, and they're yeah. like, okay. So it's just like the U.S. Yeah, yeah. it's fine. But no, so I'd never, I never had a passport and stuff like that. So my wife really is obsessed, and her brother too, uh, obsessed with Eurovision. All right, Eurovision Song Contest is like a huge thing. If you Google it, you probably can read more. You can than... come up with a Will Ferrell movie. Oh yeah, and there is a great Will Ferrell and um, uh, oh my gosh, Rachel McAdams movie. Uh, that's that's actually worth watching. It's kind of funny, but anyways, um, that is going to that did take place in Liverpool this year. It was supposed to be Ukraine. Obviously, Ukraine had some stuff. Yeah, they were on. busy. So uh, the folks in the UK said, "Hey, we'll help you out." So they actually said, "We'll host it in Liverpool this year." So we went uh, on the premise that we would get some tickets to see some some performances there in Liverpool and enjoy the contest there. But then also. <laughs> My brother-in-law and uh, and Archie, uh, Phil and Archie, they decided, hey, while you guys are over here, because you haven't been here in a while, or you haven't been here at all, Daryl, <laughs> uh, we're going to jam-pack this whole trip full of incredibly cool stuff in the hopes that we'll get you to come back more and more. I mean... They worked you like dogs. They, <laughs> that almost wasn't a vacation. He was, went to so much stuff, and there were so many pictures posted every day, I was tired. It was cool. It was cool because... And, and and it's not like, I don't know, I'm just, we're at a different point in our life and careers where we can like take the time and we have a little bit of money. We can actually go do it. Um, I felt bad though, because it should have been going over there much more often. And it's just one of those hangups that I think I had in my head, like, oh, international travel. And I, gotta, I, I don't know. There's like this weird hump that you have to get over. At least I did where I'm like, oh, I've never left the country. What happens if this and that? What happens if I, I don't know, fall in you know, chip a tooth or whatever. Like, who cares? You get like, super glue. You just do your thing. Yeah, just do it, my dad. Just super glue. <laughs> but and long story short, they planned some great stuff. And of course, Archie knew that I'm, and and he is a petrol head as well. Um, had some really cool cars over the years and some great stories. And he said, "Hey, I I've got some ideas of places you might want to check out when you're here. You know, obviously you're doing some Eurovision stuff. You're doing some, you know, we're doing some concerts at Royal Albert Hall. We're going to see some theater." You know, kind of highbrow stuff. Let's do some car stuff while you're here, too. So he booked a trip to uh, uh, the Bewley, uh, which was a, which is a uh, estate that also happens to have a wonderful private auto museum there. And that is out in the, the what they call the New Forest, which is uh, on the outskirts of, like, Henry VIII used to, like, it was a deer hunting playground. And it's kind of out to the, I guess, southeast. I'm probably getting this wrong. And apologies if you're listening, Archie. But um, it, it is a beautiful part of, of the UK where it's just incredible forest, deer everywhere, wild ponies running everywhere. I mean, just a really unique place. You saw wild ponies? Wild ponies. Yeah. Whoa. Yeah. We, huh. stayed, we stayed at a pub in a town where, like, if you looked out the window, 
there's just like wild horses running around. It was That's just so like, oh, weird. It's, it's ponies. Yeah, it was weird. But anyways, <laughs> and I could go on and on about that. But bottom line is, uh, the Bewley Motor Museum, it was absolutely insane because they have this wonderful collection of stuff from like the 1880s all the way until modern times. I'm talking like steam-powered cars. I'm talking like historic Rolls Royces. Uh, Something got... old enough to blow up in Jay Leno's face. Yeah, exactly. Yeah. <laughs> exactly. They have they have two chitty-chitty bang-bang cars from the movie with Dick Van Dyke. Oh, wow. A Mercedes Gullwing, a Porsche 917 from the Mans era. You name it, they had it. And it was just like hundreds and hundreds of things. And plus an active restoration guild that is taking stuff apart and old land speed record cars. And just like every nut and bolt beautifully restored. And they all run and drive. So that was the thing. Wow. Checking that out, like the stuff from like the 19, like 1908, people would take that from the museum and run that in like competitive events or like tours or things like the London to Brighton run. Uh, and they would do that like on an annual basis. That's what I appreciated about there. We also went to the British Motor Museum, which is actually a whole separate one. And that's up. I'm going to get this wrong. I, I could look it up. It's close to where they make Jaguars and Land Rovers. It's a big factory there. And same thing, another separate museum that has got, I think, three to 600 cars in their collection, including the Jaguar National Trust-sponsored uh, exhibit, which has stuff. I didn't know Jaguar started as a motorcycle company. Oh. So they started making, I believe it was called Swan Motorcycles, and then they kind of evolved into making automobiles when you know that was fashionable. Weren't they kind of ugly motorcycles, though? They're different. They're a little, <laughs> more, a little more ornate. Yeah. Um, yeah, not... A not, little jaguar I guess. Yeah, so no, when I'm you look at that no. versus, like... like <laughs> you know, mid-teens, 20s, and then you look at, like, a Harley-Davidson, yeah, it's a little different. Yeah. Um, but the, but the, the car collection there, especially the Jaguars, uh, and, and anything British, is just really neat. When you walk in, you pay the admission, you go through the lobby, and there's, like, an old Land Rover and a Rolls and stuff sitting out there. We walk through the whole museum. Again, 200 on one level, another 100 up top, and then another separate outbuilding with another 200 that they're either restoring or working on. Incredible. It just goes on and on. I mean, like, talking Morris's, Morgan's, Rolls, Bentley's, um, Sunbeams, you name it. Anything British that's neat to us, because we just don't see them as Americans. Yeah. Even if you weren't a huge gearhead, you kind of got an idea of what the British auto industry was like throughout the years. We're walking through. We finish the museum. We come out, and Archie's like, hey, look at this placard. He's like, this is the first pre-production Land Rover ever built. And it's just sitting in the lobby, like, you walk past it like it's no big deal. And it's like, this is the first one they did in, like, 1946 or 7 or whatever it was. And it was like, from here, that's what evolved into the Land Rovers and stuff of today. Huh. And what was neat is that a lot of these things were bought back by the company. So, like, Land Rover found their original one and then bought it back and fully restored it, and, and it's on display at the museum. That's what I was going to say. Like, do any of these car companies nowadays, like, did Rivian keep the first truck they make and just put it in the lobby? Yeah, you almost wonder, right? Yeah. Like, uh, did they have the foresight now? Because obviously back in the day, you're just trying to get stuff off the market or get it out of the uh, assembly sure. line on the market and sell it and make a dime. Right. Yeah, there's nobody who's looking at the company's historical long-term, like... Yeah, on year one. Yeah. <laughs> or like Tesla, I'm We're sure. going to look back and regret selling that first vehicle, guys. Like, no. Right. You're fired. Get out of here. <laughs> right. So, no, it was it was a wonderful trip, and, and I could go on and on for days, but um, the, the, the other fun part about that for us was that we took... 
all these little day trips from where they were at in Cambridge, went to London, went to Liverpool, went to this and that. And Liverpool, obviously, was a couple hours, so we stayed overnight. But every trip that we did was uh, in there. They have a Tesla Model S. And it was neat for us to see, first of all, being the first trip that we ever took, a long-distance trips in an EV. And I said, like, about 1,200 miles or so. Um, so we really got to see kind of the viability of taking a long journey in an EV. And then over there, the charging network and using the Tesla to plan out the trips and your charging stops and it figured out the time and how many bays were available. It, it was such a new experience for me. The car does all the work. So all the things you hear about in the States, like range anxiety and figuring out like, oh, I'd have to stop every two hours or whatever. The car figures that out for you. But is the car controlling you? Is this mm. the new AI, Daryl? Did it <laughs> just it? take your freedom? Because it said, you know, it'd be real convenient if you stopped here, Daryl, because that fits in with your charging pattern. Right. Yeah. Huh? Well, there's something. There's something to that. But uh, compared to how my wife and I travel here in the states with her Toyota Highlander. Like when we're driving to Florida, you mean or complete freedom, and you could stop at any gas station you want to fill up. Well, yeah, it's it's not only the gas station; it's mostly like you know the the bathroom stuff. It's like, I gotta go because we're old, Gabe. Yeah, we're old. Um, oh yeah, super old. But that was one of those things that was it was unique to me though. Is um, when we whenever we did stop, it was right around the time you know let's I'd say about one hundred and twenty ish, hundred fifty miles. That's right around the time you want to stop and stretch and get out, and even you know, even before that, you probably make a coffee stop or something like that there at no point in time did we spend more than i'd say 25 30 minutes at a at a supercharger and it got us enough to carry on with our journey okay uh and then also get us to our destination without being stranded there too so you'd have enough in in the battery to continue your journey the next day or in a couple days so it's interesting. There's a little logistics that kind of go into the planning. And, you know, driving your Rivian, uh, your friend's Rivian around, you probably recognize some of that too, right? Like you were taking a long-distance trip with it. Oh, I had I had no charging options. So there, they had a wall plug. So he has a wall plug he put in it. So At anywhere I, I went, like I could have plugged it in if it was an emergency or whatever else. But yeah. that would have been like the slowest charge in the world on, what, 110. It would have taken forever. Yeah. But it would have at least got you to where you need to get to go. So the Tesla stuff, you can actually charge other non-Tesla vehicles with the charger. Yeah, if they've got the compatibility or the adapter now. The, the adapter. Yeah. But that's also creating some instances where people are blocking some of the charging ports because Tesla's all back into the charger. Okay. And all those superchargers and stuff that they have, they back in and they charge in the back of the car, the port. Things like the Rivian and others, I think they're closer to the front. Yeah, right? it's in the front driver's side on the Rivian. So a lot of the cords either aren't long enough or there's like a weird thing where they have to like straddle like two spots. Uh, so then the Tesla folks pull in. They're like, what the heck? Um, didn't see any of that. Let's not upset the Tesla folks. I know. I mean, come on. <laughs> Heaven forbid. Yes. <laughs> I didn't see any of that. There were no like fisticuffs or anything over uh, <laughs> at the superchargers. They saw two guys roll up their sleeves and shave their heads and go bully. And they <laughs> fought with their, their EVs. <laughs> Old timey. Um, no, no. Honestly, the, the only thing that I did notice um, when we were in Portsmouth, we stopped at Portsmouth and we were going through the old shipyards there, uh, dockyards. Um there was a parking garage that said, oh, EV charging available. And it's one of those where you, you know, hook up the credit card. And I think it was a BP uh, provided charging station, uh, which is interesting to see, you know, petroleum. Was it a GP, GBP? Chat GBT. Great, great, great Britain Petroleum? <laughs> no. Or just British Petroleum? Just British Petroleum. <laughs> okay. Just Petroleum. Uh, um, they just call it P over there. Yeah. <laughs> No, so it was a charging port that was in a parking deck. And I'm like, oh, well, well, we're here seeing the sights. We'll just go ahead and, and let it charge. Well, 
of course, the standardization is different. Now, obviously, if you're using Tesla stuff, super easy. And I'm sure others are, are a little bit better than this one. This one sucked because you had to download an app. And then you had oh. to put a card on and, like, you know, set up an account and all that. And whatever the amperage was for this charger, it didn't do anything. I mean, it was one of those, like... It charged you money, I'm it was sure. <laughs> It charged money. But it was, it was just weak sauce. Yeah. So the, 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 the only issue that I saw driving an EV through good parts of Great Britain, again, about 1,200 miles we put on, never really felt like it was different than 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 a gas powered road trip right except for that where it's like i just had this thing on this this crummy charger for four hours and it didn't do anything yeah and it might have just been how that was set up or how that particular parking garage maybe they didn't have the electrical service to to power it but i'm like well that sucks if that's what you're counting on but then there's other places like you have to keep your eyes open and make plans accordingly but honestly it was it was really easy and convenient. And EVs over there are everywhere. The one thing that was a big kind of eye-opener for me is the amount of diesel vehicles that are still popular in the UK. Oh, all of Europe, I think. Yeah. And basically the rest of the world but the United States, right? Yeah. Yeah, it was, I mean, even little little tiny sedans. I mean, it's, it's not just the delivery vans and trucks and stuff. Like a good chunk of cars over there are still diesel. But I I think that those days are numbered as well just because of the different... I don't know, emissions regulations, uh, tariffs, additional fees and stuff. So the government? Maybe. <laughs> Everything you just listed was not like a real reason for something to be discontinued. Well, uh, the other thing is just adding all the extra stuff, the the death fluid, the, I th- they call it something else over there. It's called something else, but like, yeah. you know, um, <laughs> ureic acid or whatever. <laughs> Um, but the, the thing of it is, is I think EVs over there make sense in so many instances because of the, the types of commutes and the infrastructure. Sure. I, I keep getting back to infrastructure uh, where, I mean, there were Tesla charging ports all over mo- most of the major motorways uh, in, in a lot of the bigger cities. It was accessible. And here in the States, I'm like, well, we got the one here in Peoria and there's one in Bloomington. But if you're doing a 60-mile commute both ways, I, I don't know. Well, and that that was going to be my question. So you were over there two weeks, but let's call a day on each end travel, so yeah. 12 days? Yeah. And you took a 1,200-mile trip. Yeah. So it was really only averaged 100 miles a day in the Tesla. About that. Do you think you, you could reasonably do that around here with the charging station set up, or do you think you'd be sunk? I think you could do 100 miles. I think it'd be fine. Um, the, the Like where my folks live and where Sarah's family, I mean, St. Louis and Chicago area. I, I don't have the mileage offhand, but it's it's a little bit more than a hundred. You get that's where you get into that point where like you'd probably have to plan accordingly. Yeah. Uh, but yeah, like a hundred miles, I think you'd, you'd probably would wouldn't have any trouble at all. Um, and the Model S is nice because it's it's a bigger battery pack, and you know it's a little bit more of a touring car, so you actually get uh, probably more range than like your Nissan Leafs or some of your other 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 vehicles. something terrible like a Nissan. Leaf. <laughs> Although I did see tons of those over there. And were they terrible? No, actually, they look they look pretty good, style-wise. How? How? What did they do to them? Did I don't they know. cover they... them with the shell of another car somehow? <laughs> it, it looked very Honda-like, I will okay. say that. The newer okay. generation. That was the other fun part, too, is like being a car guy, is like spotting. The, was, oh, this is, a, this is a Vauxhall something, but we call it a, you know, a Buick whatever here. Right, it's just rebadged, but it's basically our car. Right. Yeah. And focuses, like tons of, you know what the biggest car, the, the, the car that I saw the most over there that I'm like, why am, why don't we see as many here? 
Volkswagens were everywhere. Yes. So I sent you links. So Daryl's over in England. What do I do? I get on the used car in England website and start looking at cars over there. (laughs) And I'm like, Daryl, Daryl, go look at this. Daryl, go look at that. He's like, I'm on vacation. Like, leave me alone. And a bunch of them were really awesome Volkswagens. They have a ton over there. You're right. Yeah. Even pickups. There's a Volkswagen and a Mercedes pickup that kind of looks like a... Like a Honda Ridgeline, and I don't remember what they're called. But they kind of looks like a baby that, if it was born like 200 years ago, they'd throw it off a cliff <laughs> rather than not, save it and coddle it and love it. Not the most visually attractive. Did it look terrible? Because I've seen a Honda Ridgeline. I got to be honest, like the VW one, I was like, eh, I might look at one of those if they were if they, if they were available here. Because it's that sweet spot. That just sounds like a relationship inconvenience. Yeah. <laughs> like she lives across the hall. I mean. <laughs> I know it's a Volkswagen pickup, but I'll give it a shot. I'll give it a go. <laughs> no, the thing it's it's that sweet spot where it's not the giant like F one fifty on steroids giant truck that you can't park in a parking lot, but everyone needs a truck in the states, so you got to have. Says it. the guy who has a full size Tundra. Go yeah, on, the Tundra. Yeah, it's terrible. Um, <laughs> no, I love it, but 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 it's also not the smaller. It's that sweet spot, that midsize truck, and that's why I think the Ridgeline. I think the Ridgeline's cool too because it's that the midsize that you can still drive and do stuff, but also park it in the but, grocery but store. But the Ridgeline isn't on a truck chassis, right? No, I think it's on a Pilot, like a Honda Pilot SUV chassis. So that's just bad, right? I mean, it's, it's kind of like the Avalanche. Like that was not a good truck because it wasn't a truck. So I think the problem we have here is they don't make a midsize truck. They make things that look like a truck and they call a truck that are midsized. Yeah. But at the end of the day, they don't hold the resale value. They don't get the job done. And I would never buy one. I think that's fair. That's fair. I just wonder how the rest of the world's able to function without having, you know, a giant 6,000 pound. Communism. Is that what it is? Because Um, they don't have the need for it, though. Again, like look at the look at their social economic statuses, how people live. Like because what do all the farmers have over in England? They have Land Rovers, and they use them as vehicles, and they use them as tractors. Sometimes, you know, they could have a PTO on it. They could they could haul stuff around the farm, and it's multi use. You know what they don't have? A Ridgeline or a VW truck. Why? That's true. Because they can't get anything done with it. So the point is, is that they figured out the vehicles that work for their socioeconomic and their country set up and everything else they need. And then we just have too much over here, I think, is the problem. Yeah. And we have too much of just, you know, we're going to sell stuff. But over there, they don't have time for all that for the most part. It was, a, it was an eye-opening experience, and I would love to go back. I'm sure we will go back, and we'll watch Airfare and try to get some bargains. But uh, uh, truly appreciate Phil and Archie's generosity and just being able to take us and, and, and carry us throughout the UK and just give us that great experience because everyone says, hey, did when you went over there, did you drive? Did you rent a car? You, no, I wanted nothing to do with driving. You didn't even want to try the Tesla. No, no. Have because, you ever driven a Tesla? No, I've never driven a Tesla. Well, it would have been an experience on multiple levels that you get to drive a Tesla, you get to drive on the right side. Was it right-hand right drive? Right-hand drive. Right-hand drive on yeah. the right right side of the road? Yeah. Or no, left side you. of the road? I, it's, it was too stressful. The older I get, the more I'm like... I don't need that stress in my life. You're not that old, sir. Come uh, on. You could do it. I, about three days into it, I'm like, maybe I, I could do it. And then you'd enter this roundabout. And it, it's kind of like, well, we talked about in the pre-show a lot. <laughs> National Lampoon's European yeah. Vacation, <laughs> where you just get stuck in a roundabout. And uh, I will say, folks drive fast over there. It's fast. I think the national speed limit's 70. 
kilometers they, though, right? No, they do miles per hour. Wait, what? That's the other weird thing. No. That's the other. And I used to see it on Top Gear and Clarkson would talk about miles per hour. I'm like, why is he saying miles? Because it's an American But they'd still audience. talk about petrol and liters and all that. Yeah. So they just yeah. picked one of our measurements and took that. I think we took one of theirs, but yes. Uh, I think Wait, so they had miles first? Yeah, I think so. Uh, Somebody that can makes Google sense. that. I don't that know. That makes sense. But yeah, they road signs, things like that are in miles per hour. But then like, yeah, it's, I huh. don't know. It's weird. Because I always used to think the U.S. was the only country stupid enough to not use kilometers <laughs> and like the kilo as a unit of measurement. But now you're telling me it was Britain too. Yeah. And you know, you can always blame your parents, folks. That's what we're finding out. <laughs> <laughs> it's not really your fault. It's theirs. It's, uh, it's inherited. Yeah. It's inherited. No, wonderful <laughs> time. Highly recommended. And uh, the weather was perfect, as much as everyone's like, oh, yeah, it's it be rains rainy. a lot, right? It's misty. I, I will say I was dewy. <laughs> uh, I had I, I had a lot of moisture, <laughs> um, but it's nice because they don't have the bugs. Yeah. So like the windows and stuff, like in, in houses and things, like they don't have screens on them because oh, they man. don't have bugs. I'm like, Look at my FJ Cruiser when you leave. We went up to Star Brock and back today. Uh, so many bugs. <laughs> it's that time of year. Exactly. Uh, that sounds lovely, and if you want to see 2,700 pictures of his trip, yeah. try to get them added on Facebook. Because honestly, no, it was, it was good, though. I went through most of them, Aww. but it was like 20 to 70 pictures a day, Yeah, I want to say. It was a lot. It was, it was good. Lot. I wanted to share my experience with yeah. the world. You, between you and Sarah, I felt like I was on the trip, and I appreciate that. Yeah, thank so, you. No, uh, I'm glad you had a great time. time. Glad you came back safe. And now you can get back working on all of the projects here. <laughs> Doing what's important in life. That's exactly Buying right. junk and fixing it up. And you could also, uh, you could be frustrated with people, right, Daryl? Yeah, I could. So, uh, Should we do this? Should we grind? We could, we could, we could grind a little bit. Have I'll you... just say, word to the wise, Gabe, you ever walk into an auto parts store and you, you put all of your faith in the person behind the computer? No, I can't. You're smarter than that. Because I try to walk in and pretend like I don't need them. Uh-huh. And I, I like peruse, and then I just realize I don't even know what aisle to look in for most of the time for what I want. Like, like if I need like a detailing product and it's right there in the first aisle, good to go. A battery into the into the wall, great. Anything else in the middle shelving, I'm, I'm like a lost puppy who's looking for his bowl of food and he can't even find it. <laughs> and it's like, right, yeah. Do you do the whole thing though, where they're like, "Hey, guy, can I help you find something?" You're like, no, I think I'm good. Can I do, do for that? the first two minutes, maybe three. And, and then I cave. And then you wave the and white then, flag. And then I, have to, I, then I have to wait in line. What's your approach? Do you have a better approach than that? No, I don't. But the older I get, the, I think I need to start getting this approach, which is where you just get everything you need on the web, and then you add it to a cart. You get the part number. Let's say you're at Advance or uh-huh. you're at you know, AutoZone or Riley's. You just add everything you might need into the cart, and then you come up to the counter and you just give them part numbers you don't give them the opportunity to search you don't tell them what you're looking for what application what car two doors four doors four-wheel drive v8 v6 whatever you just give them part numbers because i found that when you relinquish the control and you just let them search things up for you it always ends poorly do they even do it no a lot of times (laughs) they don't and in the pre-show i ranted a little bit about this but yeah the last few times i've been to o'reilly's in particular they suck. They don't deliver. Just <laughs> laid out the Daryl. That's one way to do it. They don't. Uh, the customer service has kind of gone gone out the window. Yeah. And uh, and I don't know. Again, it just makes me sound like a grumpy old man. 
but I'd, I'd rather, I don't need to give you all the information. I'm just going to give you the part number that the website says that I need. And then I think I'll leave much happier. Yeah. And I might leave actually with parts as opposed to, no, we can't get that. I don't think we can order that. Or, yeah, we can order it, but it'll be five to ten days. It's all of, all of which is not true. I've never had any problems until recently uh, putting in special orders for parts. But yeah. So know. let me ask this. You had, you had a bad experience. You had an unwilling person or persons. Yeah. Um, couldn't you have just done it all on the internet and through the app? Yeah, but then I wouldn't have left with it that day. You can't do store pickup? Mm, no. Like really cut that middleman out hard? I could. I don't I don't know. I just... It sounds like you it, don't want to talk to these people in the first place. They're no, not I helping. Do. I do. I normally do, but like they don't want to talk to me. Here, That's you know thing. what the real problem is? Your O'Reilly's. My O'Reilly's here in Morton is legit. It's pretty good. Yep. You walk in, they're super friendly. Yeah. I even just like took it apart once and they're like, oh, let me see something if I can find it to size it up. Dude's pulling stuff off the shelf to try to size stuff up for me. The one on Detroit Avenue, yep, whatever. On Detroit over here in Morton. Okay. You know, they took my battery back before, like, oh, I don't want to just test in your vehicle. You already got it out. Like, let me deep cycle in the back and put a charge on it and see if it really holds and all. Like, so the great. answer is I need to just move to Morton, Tazewell County. Yeah. It's better than Peoria. Okay. The end. I, so. I know there's examples we live every day. Yeah. And so yeah, and you're going to get bad people anywhere too. I'm sure they could get some bad people at this one. But you, you know what? For my time, I'll just act superior and like I have it all figured out and you're suffering for no reason. <laughs> I like it. <clears throat> yeah. I like it. Well, that's fine. That's fair enough. Now, would you do any better at the other places though? Probably not. <laughs> Probably not. Um, I've yeah, so I think it's about that time and we'll post produce this so it sounds, you know, sounds like it's supposed to be time. But uh, is it about that time? It is about that time, Daryl. He's been a little weird this week. It's time for your moment of mind. Neuralink, Elon Musk's brain implant company, said Thursday evening that it has regulatory approval to conduct the first clinical trial of its experimental device in humans. This is coming straight to you from the Washington Post. Approval by the U.S. Food and Drug Administration would mark a milestone for the company, which has been developing a device surgically inserted into the brain by a robot and capable of decoding brain activity and linking it to computers. Up until now, the company has conducted research only in animals. Elon Musk has come out on Twitter saying that he has this approval, and Neuralink didn't immediately respond to comment when reached out to by the Post. The FDA doesn't typically confirm approvals for human clinical trials, but offers a statement saying that it acknowledges and understands that Neuralink has announced its investigational device exemption for its implant was approved by the FDA and may now begin conducting human clinical trials for its device. That was your moment of mind. So Elon has said that they have FDA approval and the FDA has said they have also said that. <laughs> sounds sounds interesting. I remember when that whole sideshow started. It was one of those. I want to say that was being developed in conjunction with like SpaceX and some of his other stuff that that was all under. A lot happened at one time. Yeah, and I, the I Umbrella just, Corporation was that the corporation yeah, above all his corporations. Exactly. <laughs> I remember like, oh yeah, oh space, yeah, this that, you know, Starlink, oh a brain implant thing. Oh wait a minute backup yeah where do you see that happening where do you see that evolving i saw it in a movie yeah do you know what movie i'm talking about um uh, it's the one with bradley cooper no that's the pill that makes him smarter yeah that's limitless with bradley cooper yeah, good call i'm talking about the brain implant 
No. Come on. It's amazing. One of the best movies in the 90s. In the 90s? Give me a hint. Who's in it? Keanu Reeves. Matrix? No. Come hold on, on, hold Darryl. on. Johnny Mnemonic? Yes! Oh, Johnny yes. Mnemonic. Amazing movie. It's got Ice Cube or Ice T. One of the two. Yeah. Ice yeah. T. Ah. Uh, so good. Henry Rollins is in it. I forgot about Johnny I Mnemonic. love Johnny Mnemonic. He gets a brain implant, and he can store data to smuggle it from country to country safely. Huh. And uh, that's where this is going, right? People are going to do espionage. They're going to do all sorts of crazy stuff with it because they're going to have memory inserted. In- it's kind of like the Manchurian candidate. Same thing, where they, they implant and do some sort of robotic surgery and like wipe out your memories and turn you into a zombie. Okay. I think I started that movie and I couldn't keep in it. Yeah. I got to be honest. It was kind of like a ghost dog for me. Was it? Rough. Yeah. Recently. I had watched that in the past, but it's 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 not bad. Um, but yeah, so that's I mean slightly frightening, but also kind of the natural progression of things. But also how much does it pay for the trial? <laughs> like, <laughs> what, what could we swing this into? And no deep brain implant yet, but I am sure if that was offered, if Neuralink was But how much? Out, how much would they have to pay you to try it? To get a brain implant? Yeah. A, uh, a deep brain implant. I'm I'm thinking I'm thinking like half a mil. Yeah, why was that the number in my head too? Do Is we it? have the brain implants already? We're already connected. We're simpatico. We're synced up. Bluetooth. But that's not even that much money. Like no, but if you got half a mil, that could potentially cripple and or kill you. <laughs> Go on. I figured like half a mil would at least get me comfortable enough. That you know what I thought? That's mm. how much life insurance I have. So at least I'd be doubling that down for when I die and my Fair family point. gets my money. <laughs> I'm thinking I would just buy $500,000 worth of chili dogs and just like live out Ooh, the rest of my years. Nice. With... No, you could get a lot of cheap cars for 500000 Yeah, that's true. And like two buildings to put them in. Just get like 20 Suzuki Samurais. You wish. Just kidding. <laughs> Speaking of cars and bad decisions, you've reached the point of the show where uh, we tend to peruse the classified ads du jour, whether it's Facebook Marketplace, whether it's Craigslist or whatever is uh, in the local Facebook groups. Yeah, it might be fully restored and beautiful, but most of the time it's kind of not, and it's dusty, and it's it's questionable. This is what we call Cars of the Week. W-E-A-K. And uh, Gabe, let's go ahead and start with you, because you've been looking around and doing a little bit of Googling on some stuff that I never knew existed. And that might also be the result of a conversation you and I had at a barbecue this weekend. I was going to say, you know that's a bold-faced lie. Yeah. I did not seek any of this out. So I, what are you looking at? I've, first off, I've turned a corner, everybody. I've turned mm. a corner in my life. I'm approaching 40. You know, I'm getting up there into my middle age. I, I own it. I'm okay with it. I'm happy. You have back pain now? Um, not yet. <laughs> I have other issues, but not back pain. Uh, okay. I'm working on it. I'm, I'm trying to improperly lift things and, you know. Lift with your back, not with your knees. That's what a, they tell in you. In a twisting, jerking motion. In a t- <laughs> <laughs> no. So I've hit the point in my life um, where I don't necessarily find stuff anymore. Mm. People are starting to bring stuff to me. Isn't so, that a great feeling? Yes and no. Do you feel like a king on a throne and be like, yes, what do you have for me today? Oh, like, no, this does not please me. Take it away. <laughs> Next. <laughs> How about a 1978 Dodge Aspen wagon? No, no, please be no, gone with you. But first, how much? <laughs> $50, yes, yes. <laughs> does it run? Right. Can it? 
So Anyways. no. So the first instance of this was um, about three or four weeks ago now, and uh, I get a call. Hey, is this Gabe? Like, yeah, yeah, it's Gabe. Hey, I got your number from so and so, and I'm selling this BMW uh, with the sidecar, and he said you might be interested in it. Out of nowhere. <laughs> so people are just telling people that I'm interested in things and I'll buy things. So that was instance one. Um, I did tell the guy I might buy it from him, but he never got back to me. <laughs> <laughs> he never called back. No, he didn't. I don't think he liked the price, which it wasn't even like I was like, hey, I'll pay you X. I said, hey, I did some research, and based on what things are going for and you know the customization you have, this would be probably right around this number. Yeah. And he's like, okay, cool. You know, people think they got a fortune in their hands. They don't. Right. So then we're at, where are we again, Daryl? So we're at a cookout at Jake and Amber Irish's house where a lot of deals somehow managed to get done. Apparently they yeah. try to make Gabe buy stuff at the, the cookout, either the internet or the people there. So this started as a conversation amongst friends about the potential availability of some Vespa microcars. And I brought them to your attention and you seem to, to nibble on that. Oh, so, what? Huh? What? Vespa microcar. Who's heard of that? I, I've never heard of it until I, that day. Yeah, exactly. What, what are we What are we talking about? Daryl didn't bring it to my attention. Daryl ran over like a giddy schoolgirl and was like, talk to Gabe, talk to Gabe. <laughs> <laughs> and this guy sits down next to me and shows me this. They're, they're cute. They're a cute little car. So, and, and you know what? I'm a sucker because here I am with the cars of the week. So I would probably like to buy one of these. They were made uh, 58 to like 60 or 61. It's called a uh, Piaggio Vespa 400, and it is a micro car. So like the Vespa scooters, right? Same company, Italian company that made the little cute scooters you see in like Roman Holiday and all the old like 50s uh, movies where they're running around on a, on a turquoise or a red little scooter across uh, Rome or something like that. They also made these little tiny microcars. Apparently. And so, again, limited runs. Um, there's a lot of them in Europe, but they, they imported them to the U.S. too for U.S. sales. So there's a few of them straggling around here. So this gentleman had a, had a hand, almost a handful of them um, in various conditions, but uh, I found one online that's similar that kind of struck my fancy because they had a nice red one, and this is a nice red one. So it's a, it's a 1960 Vespa 400 microcar. Uh, for $13,100. It is in red. It has uh, some white wall tires. Uh, they're a two-door. There is no trunk in these, mm. but there is room behind the seats for luggage, allegedly. Okay. Um, I believe they're, they're rear engine, and they have a battery tray in the front grill somehow. Is it like a two-stroke? Like a little... It is a two-stroke okay. with an oil compartment and a, a little turn dial, which I've never heard of before. Yeah, sounds dangerous, but So yeah. it's just automatically in the vehicle. Hmm. Um, but what's really neat about it is that, uh, first off, it's very small. And I like to buy small things now, like motorcycles and micro trucks and cars, because... I can fit more of them in my garage, <laughs> Daryl. <laughs> so that's a good yeah. strategy. Yeah, I like that strategy. Yeah, um, and it's you know I'm a smaller guy, so it's it's gonna be fun to drive it around. So um, it's got a it's got a roll back like, what is that? A vinyl? Yeah, cover? like a cloth sunroof or vinyl. Sunroof. So it's yeah. it's almost like a convertible, but instead of being convertible, it just unrolls like one of those overhead garage door doors and just stores in the back. It's got a great look to it, and and it really looks like a like a lot of the Messerschmitts or some of the microcars from from over in Europe, but also kind of like a Nash Metropolitan here in yes, the states. Yes, a Nash for sure. One of those cute little little cars that uh, you know uh, I think look great on like an album cover, 
but also would look great in real life because it's just so cartoonish. You're like, this is a real thing? Like, yeah. It's... Yeah, that's the, like, why does this exist and why do you have it and are there more of these? Yeah. And so, I'm, I'm drawn to things that are rare too. And this has become exceedingly rare um, because I love having a project that I just can't find parts for. Yeah, that's, <laughs> that's right. my passion. I like being frustrated every step of the way. Right. <laughs> Daryl just bought a $37 fuel pump for a car he just got. And I would probably have to have one custom made by a guy in Italy. <laughs> like a machinist. Right. <laughs> Who doesn't speak English. No, yeah. and doesn't accept U.S. currency. Yeah, you'd have to like get an interpreter. I'll tell you what, these things are cute, and I fully support this. I think I, I think Mrs. Gacy might actually like that. Does she like the, the lines of them? She doesn't like anything. <laughs> no, uh, no, no. That's a joke. She She does like a couple of the things I bought over the years, but for the most part, we just have a lot of things right now. And I actually, I was remiss earlier. We were talking about projects. I forgot I own an FJ40 still. Okay, so I knew you. So I'm you, up to five. <laughs> I knew you for like years before I found out you had another FJ in storage that was like a full-fledged project. Yeah, you hide your shame. Yeah. You just put it in the storage <laughs> unit and you don't tell people about it and you forget about it. But part of the new garage is I have to get it out of there. So it's going to be in my garage. And I think that's a great place for it because you have the chassis, you've got the tub, you've got all the pieces that I helped you pull out of your attic. <laughs> yes. <laughs> you've got a motor. Yes. Daryl was a huge help. So I had to clear out my entire third stall. That's fine. Stuff stuck all up above it, all throughout it. It was a nightmare. So. But it's a, what, what year is that? 78? That's a 78, yeah. 78 FJ40 that is actually not that bad. That is buildable. Yeah. So you might actually have another little FJ Cruiser running around at some point. At some point. But if I have the five projects and then i also pick up a vespa which may happen down the road we'll see what happens yeah then you bump it up to six six. yeah Yeah, that'd be a problem start knocking them down yeah but i i like it it is my it is still (laughs) i actually looked i didn't even just pick this and was like oh i just saw this is cool i looked at some other cars i was on bring a trailer yeah i went through my save cars on facebook before the show and i just kept thinking like I'd kind of rather just have this stupid little thing from the 50s and 60s that nobody else has because it's fun. I like having stuff that nobody knows what it is, strike up a conversation, get a smile. Like, sure. I enjoy sure. that. So, yeah, that definitely. is my pick. Conversation piece, and I fully support that Vespa microcar. Uh, Google those, too. Uh, if anybody's not familiar with them, they are one of the cutest things you'll ever see uh, on the planet. Uh, I took a, a more conservative approach with my pick a car of the week here. It, it is a, a, a f- car that I'm familiar with. I've got some pictures I took when it was sitting on a auction house lot in the corner of downtown Canton, Illinois, on the Spoon River Drive. Oh, no, it's the bitter car. Mm-hmm. <laughs> this is a seafoam green 1951 Oldsmobile 98 four-door sedan. And it hails originally from Canton, Illinois. It, it, it looks like a nice low-mileage original car, original paint, original interior. Uh, it has the, uh, the 303 Rocket V8 as opposed to the Rocket 88, which was an old you know blues song from back in the day. This is the 98, so it's a 90. 98 has a longer wheelbase. It's a different uh, uh, chassis and a more upscale trim uh, that was produced by Oldsmobile back in the day. But this thing is a really nice survivor, and I really liked it. I saw it on an auction website, and for whatever reason, the auction it was this. It was two old Plymouths, and that's really what caught my eye. It was like a couple a Plymouth Concord uh, and a couple others. And this was in there, and I thought, well, I've never seen a 51 Olds 98 before. This is actually a nice-looking car. 
and had the old AAA Chicago Motor Club sticker from like way back in the day on the on the on the back window, and like a Graham Hospital, which is a hospital in Canton, Illinois, uh, had an old parking pass from like the like the late fifties still in the in the window. Wow. I love little stuff like that. Yeah, right? and great car, not a lot of rust, and would shine up pretty well with a little bit of work. Well, for whatever reason, they didn't relist it, and the auction house never replied to any of my emails, so thanks. <clears throat> Jerks. Jerks. Anyways, this is now for sale for the low, low price of $15,250 at Country Classic Cars in beautiful Staunton, Illinois, off of Exit 41, off of Interstate 55. Cool place. They've got hundreds of old cars on display, and this is actually probably one of the nicer ones that they'll have there. Um, unfortunately, 15 k it's a bit of a reach for me, but you know, money is no object for cars of the week. So, I would pay that much, Gabe, for a car that probably needs every bit of work, as every other car in my stable does. <laughs> It'll fit right in. <laughs> fit right the in. The herd will welcome it. <laughs> so I don't know. That that would be my pick this week. Do I need it? No, but it's a nice, low-slung, original, unrestored Survivor with a cool backstory. So I think I have to purchase it. And it looks like it has like a full airplane on the hood with the hood ornament. What is that? Yeah, it's like a kind of a rockety motif. Uh, but it's of, got wings. Yeah, yeah. It looks like a jetliner, but even even worse. So yeah, really kind of neat. And and the ninety eights you don't see the the back end's a little different. Like it's it's on a longer wheelbase, so it's got a nicer ride, like a Cadillac. Um, and I just really really like these cars. I think they're very understated. And if you look, uh, the the pictures in here are pretty crazy. But the steering wheel. It's one of the most unique steering wheels you'll ever see. It has a uh, this beautiful blue and gold kind of like planets motif in the middle, and then it has a, a clock embedded, like a little spinner, but it's, an, it's a clock in the steering wheel itself. Um, not sure why they put it in the steering wheel. I know Chrysler did that for a while, too. That was like a, a sign, almost like they took a nice wristwatch and blew it up and threw it in the steering wheel, like, hey, this is cool. It's absolutely crazy, but I love how the, it fits in with the dash too, because mm. there's like a, a circular motion on the dash. Like nothing is square yeah. on the dash of this thing, besides maybe the radio over to the right. I can't really see in the picture. Um, all of the dials, all the gauges, like that's really neat. Yeah, it looks like an old sci-fi movie or yeah. something. It's so, cool. so what price would I have to get you on this for you to put this in your in your stable tomorrow? Honestly, because you're bitter about not getting the shot at the auction. <laughs> that's why I called it the bitter car. Yeah, if this was if this was fifteen is 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 a bit steep. Sure. For the amount of sure the interior isn't as as nice as, as seven. It, what would have gone for at the auction if you'd have bid? If I would have bid, it would it would have been and this is pre cattle. Well, no, it was right after I bought the cattle. <laughs> so uh, yeah, seven seventy five something like that. All right, I'll talk to him. Yeah. <laughs> yeah, we'll see. Make him make him an offer. I like to watch Daryl and Sarah suffer. Yeah, that's what it comes down Live to. Live vicariously. No, that's that's suffering. a cool that's a cool pick. Very unique car. I I really do like the steering wheel. So check out the pictures. Uh, I'm sure he'll link it up there. Yeah, I'll put it up there. Post thrownwrenches.com. Uh, in the meantime, of course, Gabe and I. You never know. We might actually bring another project home, or you know, get one of the projects we have running and driving, and actually start enjoying it this summer. Wait, what's what's more likely? Do we do? Is one of us buy something, or does something start running? First? Something will start running. I guarantee. <laughs> uh, summer goals besides the garage. I mean, anything. Um, you kind of got your sights set for for anything in your in your current stable right now. No, I just want to spend time in the pool. Not my pool. I don't have a pool. 
but a pool. Someone else's pool. Yeah, the neighbor's pool, the, the city pool, any of that's good for me. <laughs> spend time, spend some time with the kids, get the garage done, you know, tinker a bit, sure. sell some of the random garage sale and state sale I've bought. So now that Memorial Day kicks off the yeah the summer, it's like. You you start looking, you're like, oh, I got something this weekend, next weekend, and like, oh, well, that puts us into July. Like, I need to just kind of pump the brakes and be like, you know what? I I, I love, I love doing things. I like having events to go to, but I might need a couple weekends just around the house. It's like car show season to everything yeah. else. Yeah, all that sort of thing. And I'll be honest with you, I know there were three or four shows last weekend, and I saw a bunch of you know cool old hot rods and classics running around, and I I didn't really even get the itch. Yeah. You know, I just, I want to work on my stuff, get it running so that I can do that maybe next year. Maybe we need know. to take a break a little bit this year. And instead yeah. of going out, we'll just like help each other work on some stuff, get some stuff fired out. I, honestly, dude, I think that's, that's a really good plan because it, you get to that point where you're like, I just need somebody to help motivate me to get over the finish line. Right. And you know, if we can kind of do that for each other, or if you have friends too, I mean, everybody's been in that predicament where you, you kind of not, I don't want to say burned out. But you just get to a point where you're like, this is fun, but like it'd be more fun if if I had someone else here helping me. <laughs> it's it's hard to go out and bust your knuckles by yourself. And also it it just helps to get that second set of eyes and point of view on certain things. Cause like right. I don't I don't have a broad knowledge of things. Like I'll go out and I'll struggle and I'll make my way through a lot of stuff. But without my friends helping me through a lot of stuff in life, like I wouldn't get any of this stuff done. Yeah. So and and you know, just you know, you put on some music. You have a couple of brews, you hang out. I'm actually, so um, another side note, there is a an older BMW motorcycle group that gets together up in the uh, westerly Chicago suburbs almost every Friday night. And yeah. uh, I kind of worked my way into an invite because my in-laws live up near there. And I'm hopefully going to the first one this next weekend on Friday night. Awesome. So we're going to go up and see the in-laws. And instead of hanging out on Friday night, I'm going to drop the family I'm going to grab a sixer and I'm going to go hang out with some dudes that I think are all in their 60s or 70s working on old BMW <laughs> motorcycles. And I think I'm going to have a ball. I think you will too. And yeah. it opens doors to where like if you need some tech resources or advice yeah. or you just need to, you know, shoot the breeze. Those are folks that are into the same stuff you're into. Yeah. And that's fun. You know, generations are different. You different cultures, different places you live. But you got that commonality of like, hey, I'm into this. Hey, I'm into that too. Let's talk about it. And that's cool. That's, I, that is the one part about being into weird stuff <laughs> because there's someone else who's do, into it too. Do, do you like weird stuff? <laughs> My name is Daryl. <laughs> no, I, we get what you mean. Yeah. yeah. You like old Italian microcars? <laughs> yeah. Take a look at this. <laughs> Trench coat. No, just kidding. Um, well, I think we're at the, uh, the hour and a half mark. We want to thank you all for listening, and uh, thank you, Gabe, for, for being willing to do a show. Always a blast. Um, we want to say a quick shout-out to Eric and the Stahl family and, uh, and, and, and their entourage as they travel throughout the, uh, the countryside here. Uh, again, follow them along at Planet Stall on Instagram or uh, planetstall.com. You can kind of see what's going on. We're definitely thinking of you all, and we know that uh, Eric will be back in full swing at some point here. And we'll maybe maybe the three of us. My wife Sarah keeps saying the three of you need to do a show because you all balance each other out. More outtakes. And I don't know if we balance each other out or we just make it really interesting to bicker at each other. <laughs> we did one not that long ago. We did a couple a couple shows ago, and yeah. it, it is a lot of fun. The problem becomes if you need to have a guest on the show, you can't have three people. 
Yeah, that's true. Because, like, three is the max. So, like, you know, if there's a guest, you got to cut it down for sure. Too many voices. Exactly. Yeah, it's all right. Well, um, we appreciate you listening. Uh, hit us up, info at thrownwrenches.com. Of course, you can share this program with others who might be interested. And uh, we definitely want to say thank you again to our sponsors, Forts Toyota Pekin, toyota-pekin.com, for their longevity and their, their uh, you know, just tremendous amount of support over the years. And also to our Patreon supporters who make this show possible as well. So until next time, I'm Daryl Scott. And I'm Gabe Casey. We'll see ya. And I didn't really outline this too much, so... Didn't outline what? The whole show. Eh, we know what we're doing. We can wing it. (laughs) That's fine.